afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the North Fort Worth podcast. I'm your host, Josh Boyd, and I'm joined this afternoon by Pastor Stephen. It's good to see you, Josh. Yeah. Glad to be back with our podcast crowd. Yeah, we had a a long weekend. Did you have a happy fourth? We did. We had a restful fourth. It's Uh, always good. We had our extended family. My daughter and all of our grandchildren were with us for, oh, I guess about 10 days. They left on Saturday, so Sunday for us was just, hey, let's just slow down and and revel in the celebration, but do it quietly. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. I know we, we had a pretty good attendance in both services on yeah, Sunday as well. I, you never know on, on days that are holidays how things will, will go, but I was pleased by those that participated. I was, again, sometimes, Josh, I'm more focused in on what's the dynamic of the service, and I thought both uh, our services had a good spiritual energy to it, and and I was encouraged by that. Yeah, absolutely. There was a good response, I think, and and everything that that was uh, everything that we partake, partook in on Sunday, as far as uh, worship and and the, the, the people were so engaged to your sermon Sunday. And we'll talk a little bit more about that um, later on in the podcast. But uh, thanks again for an encouraging and a convicting word that you gave us to to ask: um, Does Jesus marvel at our faith, or does he marvel at our unbelief? Yeah, and, that that's a, a probative question. Yeah. Where in the New Testament Testament, if you didn't uh, see the service on Sunday, which I, I'll go ahead and plug, you can see our services at nofortworth.com. But uh, there are two places in the New Testament where the word marvel is applied to Jesus uh, in a very encouraging way. It's described in Matthew 8, where Jesus comes across the Roman centurion who displays an extraordinary faith. He, in essence, says to Jesus, listen, you don't have to come to the house to heal my servant. Just say the word, and I know that's enough. When Jesus observed that disposition, he marveled at this Gentile uh, centurion. But the passage we looked at on Sunday, though, is the more troubling example where it it actually describes Jesus marveling over the unbelief that he found within the hearts and minds of those in his hometown of Nazareth. And uh, and so when I compare those two passages, it does lead to that somewhat uncomfortable question, does Jesus marvel at our belief or our unbelief? Yeah. And we can go ahead and get into it now. We're kind of going out of order on what where we sure. were going to touch on the podcast today. But you mentioned something that was really key yesterday. Um, and the, it was the first point that you brought up and that uh, Jesus, me- Jesus' message or Jesus was offensive to the people in Nazareth. And Jesus and that, offends the people. Yeah, that's it, it, almost, it sounds so unnatural because sure. we, we view Jesus appropriately so as the incarnation of love and and compassion. I mean, you read the early chapters of Mark, he's healing people right and left. It's, it's an amazing portrayal of Jesus. But then when he comes to Nazareth, uh, as he returns to his hometown, he further reveals who he is, which he claims to be the Messiah. He claims to be the one God has sent to address the deepest needs of our life. But sadly, those in Nazareth, instead of embracing him, reject him. In fact, the way it's worded is it says Jesus offends the people. And that word for offend is a strong word. It actually is descriptive of disgust or revulsion that the people were deeply offended by what Jesus was claiming. And and as I noted on Sunday, we need to appreciate that uh, even today, people are going to be offended 
by who Jesus is or the claims that he makes about himself and even more about his teaching. So just as you found a group that rejected Jesus and were offended by what he said, I, I can't help but imagine in 2021 here in Fort Worth, Texas or at various places across our nation, you're gonna still encounter people that have the exact same response. They're just offended by the claims that Jesus is God's son, that there is only salvation in him, that, I mean, that they're not gonna embrace that. And they may even direct their disgust toward those who would make such a claim. Yeah, well, and going towards what we mentioned about Jesus being offensive in Nazareth, uh, and, and the, the, the case that we read Sunday, mm-hmm. we know that that's still true today. We know that- I, I think so. Jesus's message is, still offensive to people today. And so one instance we wanted to talk about, and you made this instance yesterday, talking about marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about how, um, or identity, even as a male and female, um, right. and how our culture just rejects this idea almost. And this is what Jesus proclaims. This is the gospel that Jesus proclaims, and that he affirms the teaching in Genesis from the original Torah, that um, marriage is between... In the very beginning, God <laughs> created male and female, and his, his wisdom as the creator was for the institution of what we call marriage to be the setting where a man and a woman could enter into a lifelong relationship and in the security of that covenant love, that covenant relationship, they would create the atmosphere for a family. I mean, that was the creator's design. It was his plan that he introduced early on. And as I mentioned on Sunday, Jesus reinforces that. I mean, sometimes you you hear people in our culture today insinuating that that, hey, Jesus is just kind of, because he's so loving, he embraces anything and everything in terms of, of what someone might claim. Well, no, that's not true. Jesus is love. He's the embodiment of it, but he's sure. also God incarnate, and he seeks to reveal truth so that where we might be confused about life, he's trying to give us perspective on life. And uh, in Mark 10, that's the passage that I referenced, uh, Jesus was pulled into a discussion about about a divorce, and in that discussion, he reintroduced those that were there uh, to the Old Testament principle that I just described, that the Creator designed us male and female, and his plan for family was the establishment of a home through a, a, a relationship that would be lifelong between a husband and a wife, a man and a woman. Now, as I shared that on Sunday, I noted in 2021, to talk in those terms, uh, some people are offended by yeah, that. It's and not culturally acceptable. It is to not. Say and like I, that. I joked, and maybe it isn't so much a joke. If someone watches our uh, the the sermon on YouTube and reports me to the administrator, yeah. they may take it down. The we, way things have been. And going we haven't lately. been yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if I, I really wouldn't. And that and I, you know, we joke about that, but that's so true. Yeah. And, and just well, because and, it's so counterculture. And the emotional outrage is: How dare you to tell me that I can't do something that I want to do, or to live in a way that that I want to live? How, who do you think you are? That's exactly the reaction that Jesus encountered at Nazareth. Uh, Their rejection of him was based upon (laughs) their refusal to accept him for who he was revealing himself to be. And then as a result of that, to, to, to cast aside any insider wisdom that he would offer them. And so uh, again, it, it pains me to admit that in 2021, we continue to see that same mindset, 
That is where we are in 2021. In fact, it seems to be uh, worsening in regard to how outraged people are over the truth of who Jesus is in the claim that, can can you imagine that there's only one way of salvation uh, or his teaching with regard to everyday life and specifically with regard to marriage and, and human sexuality? How do you think Jesus would respond then, maybe in a um, in a relational way to someone who was living in a lifestyle of uh, same-sex attraction or maybe a gender identity, uh, gender misidentity, some someone a part of the LGBTQ plus uh, movement, that whole that that lifestyle? How do you think Jesus would respond in that way to that lifestyle, to those decisions, to maybe um, just a person who is confused about where they're coming from in life? Maybe someone who who um, and there's a popular post that what makes me think of this is the Toronto Star posted. Um, a um, a column a couple weeks ago um, about Jesus and, and the whole phrase "What would Jesus do?" and it was in response to a Pride festival and it was saying that Jesus would have waved the the flag proudly at, at the parade because Jesus loves all people. So, what what do you think Jesus's response would be in a situation like this? Well, and again, my first response to you in this is again read the Gospels and first of all observe how he interacts with people that are struggling. Uh, he, he responds with compassion. His desire is to bring further understanding. Uh, his hope is to impact their lives in such a way where they begin to uh, experience an active relationship with God. And so, again, as I think about how Jesus would react to a culture in, in 2021 that's really casting God's Old Testament wisdom aside, Uh, The creator's wisdom for marriage, they reject it. Uh, The creator's wisdom for human sexuality, uh, again, there seems to be a a movement where they are saying, no, that can't be right. And so they they would push that aside. Well, in my mind, as I look at Jesus in the Gospels, I see him, uh, first of all, approaching people that may even be rejecting in general uh, what the Bible would reveal to be God's wisdom so that in a loving way, he might kind of disarm uh, sure. their, their offense. Now, uh, he would not, as he would engage them in a conversation, uh, agree with them. I mean, yeah. you never find Jesus in the gospel uh, turning away from the wisdom that God has revealed as recorded, for example, in in the Torah, you alluded to the Old Testament law. I mean, what God taught about marriage and human sexuality, Jesus very much enforces. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now he he does it in a way that would seek to bring a person to a point of honest evaluation. I think he would have us look at our lives from the point of view: Is it possible that God knows something in a way that I need to to assess and to accept, even though I might have desire or or an inclination that would move me contrary to that, I believe in God and I believe in, in his intention to move me in, down a path that is for my good. And so I think as, as Jesus would interact with people today that are outside of, of God's uh, teaching in that regard, I think he would lovingly try to bring them to a point of examination and consideration. And, and within offer them, of course, as the Son of God, the ability to find a spiritual dynamic within to help them move 
further along. Yeah. Uh, now, you mentioned the LBGTQ community, and certainly same-sex attraction is, is a, a topic of the day. I would remind our listeners that I'm convinced the greatest uh, sexual struggle in our culture with regard to sexual sin is sure. heterosexual. I mean, we live in a society that's totally disregarded the Creator's plan yeah. for uh, sexual intimacy to be reserved to a relationship between a husband and a wife. And, and we pretend in our day that that counsel is no longer relevant. Sure. And, and yet to a person that is, for example, maybe just living with uh, their girlfriend or their boyfriend and, and they think, you know, there's no big deal with that. No, that you, you've turned away from God's intended design. You are actually, I think, diminishing the possibilities of what God can accomplish in your life. And so uh, what you want to do is to move toward Jesus in a way where you accept his wisdom and allow him to help you. But once more, Jesus' response to a person living in heterosexual sin is the same response that he would, I think, extend to a person that may be struggling, struggling with same-sex attraction. Uh, in both instances, we're being driven by desires that move us outside of God's counsel. Um, and what we want to do is come to a, a point, I suppose, where inwardly we say, Lord, I trust you with the wisdom, and I want to move towards you in ways that allow for greater activity in my life uh, as you would work through me. And so um, Jesus would be compassionate. He would not be carrying a pride parade flag. Yeah. I can assure you of that. But he would be helping a person that's standing there uh, and trying to love them in a way that might move them to, right. to consider the wisdom of God. Yeah, I think so, too. I think uh, Jesus would be exactly the kind of person you might see at a pride parade. Those are the people that, that he likes to hang around, I think, the people that, that were lost and were confused about. Well, I mean, what he, for goodness sakes, he, he called Levi, Matthew, a tax collector, to be one of his inner circle, his yeah. disciples, which... In in Jesus' day, that was probably as scandalous a potential action as any uh, itinerant rabbi would would take, and and I think that modeled for us that inner disposition. Jesus looks at a person with all of their inclinations and their past, and he sees in them the potential of what can happen in their life as they trust in Him. And I think as a follower of Jesus as we engage in the struggles and the battles uh, in our world, we need to approach people in that way. Instead of dividing ourselves based upon what we view to be someone's uh, imperfection or, or sure. negative uh, direction, what we need to do is to see them with the eyes of possibility, the, the difference that Jesus can make. And if I come at a person that maybe is living in a way that is outside of what I perceive God's wisdom to be. And primarily what they sense from me is judgment and condemnation and anger. Um, then what opportunity do I have to extend hope to them? And uh, now again, I, I acknowledge, I think it's a, it's a careful path we walk, isn't it? Where we're trying to find the balance between grace and truth. Yeah. Where we, we don't just, um, in love just extends such a measure of grace where we never bother to bring up that, you know, God's wisdom is this, and you're really not 
moving in the direction that that the Creator would desire for you. And uh, and so I, I think we prayerfully just look for that balance and look for ways to engage people where they are, uh, whether it's, again, heterosexual sin yeah. or same-sex attraction behavior. I mean... Or even sin that has nothing to do with sexuality. Oh, absolutely. I think Jesus' response is to, you know... You see this pattern in Jesus' teaching and how he responds to people who are living in sin. And the first thing that he does is help them understand and realize that they're supremely valued by their creator. They are. And I think the second thing Jesus does is to help us understand and realize that we are indeed living in sin. (laughs) There is a sin struggle that's happening here. And then he helps you to turn away from that sin, to As you turn move to him, away yeah. from that I mean, sin and by turning to him. And, it's not a self-reformation. Right. And, uh, that, and that's the pattern for, for all sin struggle. I mean, it, sexuality aside, that that is, Jesus would respond to me in my struggle with pride and arrogance. Um, he would call out my sin struggle with that the same way that he would call out someone's sin struggle with living in a homosexual, homosexual yeah, lifestyle. I, I think the greatest American sin in our day happens to be selfishness if if we were to really break it down in terms of uh, we have created a culture of self-absorbed people that uh, approach their lives in a self-centered way and uh, jesus would model for us an approach to life that that sees the value of others Uh, we love our neighbors as ourselves and and we we interact with others in a selfless way rather than a, a selfish way. And so, um, yeah, you're right. I, the, the battle that we have with internal desire that moves us in so many different directions is to trust God enough to accept the wisdom that he's revealed to us in his word and then to turn to Jesus, realizing he not only forgives sin, he absolutely does that, but he wants us to encounter him in a way by faith that then allows him to affect our hearts and to move us then in a direction where we're leaving the patterns of sin behind. That doesn't happen in a moment, it doesn't happen overnight, but as we relate to Jesus, it does happen. He begins to influence our, our attitudes, our emotions, our actions, and then we become more of a reflection of him. And so, yeah, Sunday was, a, I hope, a helpful lesson um, sometimes if we speak the truth about Jesus, both in terms of who he is and his message, it will offend those who listen. Yeah. I just pray that their offense is not based on my attitude or the tone of my words or, again, the... And the, you, you said something really helpful yesterday, too, with how, I think you mentioned it in an interview, um, the typical response is, how, you know, how dare you say that, could you say, if you say that I'm going to hell because of the lifestyle that I'm living, and the response is, no, Jesus says that. Yeah, this, these yeah, are Jesus's... Yeah, I mean, and that's the funny thing. <laughs> they, they do make it appear that you're the one that has right, reached these right. conclusions where I, I always want to <laughs> gently say, listen... Uh, I'm a believer and follower of Jesus, and as honestly as I know how, I'm just trying to, to live out his teaching, and you should know Jesus says that, and he doesn't say that because he's mean or hateful. He actually went to the cross so that we could find forgiveness yeah. in life, and so, uh, again, if that offends you, I, I regret right. that, right. but uh, I can't help but echo and teach the one that I follow, and that's 
That's Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it's helpful because Jesus provides the example that the message is going to be offensive. (laughs) We see that. (laughs) It's very clear. He offended (laughs) his hometown of all places. You would have thought they would have rallied around him. But uh, they just decided that, no. Who is this man? Who does he think he is? No doubt. Well, we had some important announcements Sunday that we talked about, too. Yes, we did. Um, and in the first service, David uh, mentioned uh, some, some numerical goals that we talked about and um, involving a special Sunday called Restart. Restart. Restart Sunday. We are so excited about Restart. Um, when is Restart? Yeah, if you would, don't pull off to the side of the road, but at least mentally, circle August the 22nd. If you do try to write it down, please pull over. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want you to, to risk your life, but we want you to make note of the date. All of us recognize that over the span of the pandemic, there's been a lot that has disrupted our lives yeah. and has interfered, interfered with what we used to take for granted. And moving toward the fall, we just felt it would be just a, a wonderful thing as the COVID numbers have, have gone down and, and because of the vaccine and other abilities that people are beginning to re-engage. And so we thought, well, why don't we just a circle a day, a Sunday in August, where we invite everyone to rediscover with us what we lost during the pandemic, to restart, yeah. reconnect in ways that would be a blessing. And so on Sunday, August the 22nd, we're going to make it a day to remember. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to um, adjust a lot of our schedule, and I'll kind of go over some of those notes here in a second. But the big thing is we're going to go back to our previous start times for worship services, for worship gatherings. That's right. We're restarting, so to speak. And those of you that have been a part of our ministry uh, prior to the pandemic know that uh, beforehand we had two services, one at 930 and the other at 1050. Now, what we've done is we move toward the fall is we want to reintroduce a kind of a return to, to a similar schedule. However, there will be some slight adjustments. For example, uh, our, our first service will be at 9.30. Right now it's at nine. We're gonna return to the 9.30 timeframe, which is our traditional style of, of service. Then our second service will be not at 10.50, but at 11 o'clock. So please, if you're one of our contemporary worshipers, make that note. We're going to start it right on the 11 o'clock hour. Now, part of that is to allow for adequate time from the first service to the second service to make the necessary changes onto the platform. But we're excited about it. Absolutely. Um, And we want you to come and be a part. Now, prior to COVID, we would have, oh, I don't know, around 550 in a typical Sunday service for a restart we're praying toward 555 and 555 uh, that's right we we wanted to give you a number that you could remember but more we want you to be one of those numbers uh we want you to join us on August 22nd you're going to hear it at least a dozen more times uh to be a part of restart either at 9 30 or 11 o'clock. Now we're also adjusting life groups. Talk we about are, that. Yeah, we are adjusting the life group hours. And so, you know, people, when we've, I've mentioned this previously to, to contemporary people that attend the contemporary services, say, oh, well, nothing's changing for us. That's false. There are big no, changes. There are changes. The hour may not change for worship uh, for contemporary service, 930 traditional, 11 o'clock contemporary, but the life group schedule is going to be changing. So if you attend the contemporary service, your life group hour will be at 930. 
And then if you attend the traditional service, your life group hour will start at 1045. Do make that note. That's a, that's a subtle change, but it will help us so that as, if you come to session one, which is 930, uh, you really are going to be wrapping up your, your small group time at, at 1040 so that our second session can start promptly right. at 1045. We've got people using all the rooms in the building at both hours, and we need that space which is so, thrilling it's I great mean, to, to it's imagine great. the classrooms and the hallways full of people gathering will well again it's a restart well, and our, gonna, our goal for life group that sunday is big too it uh, absolutely so is. 555 for worship but we want to have 333 people in our life group gatherings that's right three 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 now by the way if you go back to pre-covid numbers uh, 333 is actually higher than what we had prior to COVID. <laughs> so yeah, we're challenging our small groups to realize, you know, God wants to work through you to bring somebody into your, your small group experience. And so uh, we're, we're praying uh, that we're gonna, we're yeah. gonna restart our small groups in a energized way by seeing at least 330 people participate, yeah. 33 people participate. And Restart is one of those Sundays where it's going to be a great opportunity, not only for people to reconnect and re-engage with our church with what we've got going on and to restart coming to church, but it's also, you know, we, we don't, um, we're not blind to the fact that we know people, some people are just not going to reconnect with our church. Right. And, and that's the, the tragic news of the pandemic is they've, they've moved on to other things. Maybe church is not a part of their schedule anymore. We get that. We understand that that has happened. But the cool thing about Restart is most of our activities are restarting. We've got a great day planned after both of our services. And this is a day where you can invite people that have never been to our church before. It's not just for people that are restarting to attend. Maybe maybe they want to start for the first time. This is a great opportunity to get people plugged in. So the schedule for the day, other elements that we've got going on, we're also going to let Restart be our promotion Sunday. For all children and students. All of the children and students. It's going to be awesome. And that'll be in uh, both services. It'll be just huge. It'll be great. Um, And then we're going to have a building dedication in both services because we haven't done that. Isn't that something? I mean, we've been benefiting uh, with the new worship center and the expanded children's area. Uh, We moved into the space a year ago last June. But because of COVID, we really couldn't enjoy a formal dedication time. And, And so... August 22nd, Restart Sunday, we're going to have in both services a formal dedication, which what that means is this. We know we're being blessed by these facilities because God has made it possible through the faithfulness of those who've given over that window of time. And and we want to present it back to God. We want to dedicate these areas to the Lord so that he will just allow his hand of activity to to continue to be evident among us so that's going to be great and if you've not yet seen our children's area uh, we're going to even allow for a tour tour of that space now this that will follow can i say it a free luncheon we're going to offer a boxed luncheon to everyone who attends uh, and we're going to 555 of you. That's right. And you say, well, where, where can you feed 555 people? Well, we'll the have whole building. <laughs> a great majority of them in the, in the gymnasium, but we're also setting up an, a tent that will have a, a, some type of uh, ventilation system that will <laughs> allow it to be a little bit more cool Yes. so that the children who participate will be right by our, our, which was a part of our campaign, the, the renewed children's play area. Yeah. We're going to also bring in some bouncy activity centers for the children to yeah. enjoy. Some I mean, it's just, walks. it's going to be 
I'm excited. A day it's going to gonna be a fun day. Yeah. And not only that, the last thing that happens, so the tour happens from 1230 to one. You can access the children's building and get a tour of the children's building. It's kind of a walkthrough um, from 1230 to one right after lunch. But also at 1 p.m., Stuart has got a great concert lined up, a piano and organ concert that'll be featuring some special guests, I think, as well. That'll be at one. Yeah. In the worship and I realize a part of our worship uh, re- renewal, our renovation is we purchased a brand new grand piano. We purchased a brand new organ, and and yet we haven't been able to to celebrate even those instruments. And so the concert will be at one. It will be entirely instrumental, and uh, you're going to hear music to lift the heart. And it will just, I think, be the the finishing touch yeah. to a, a memorable day, which happens to be on August the twenty second. Twenty second. Restart. Restart. Five hundred fifty five. 333. There you go. It'll be good. I'm still coercing Stuart to let me play drums in the, the one o'clock concert. I don't know if he'll let me do it or not, but well, I'll, uh, I'll see if I can, yeah, can sway him. <laughs> It'll be a fun day though. Yeah. We're excited about you the day. You don't want to miss it. And again, I think Josh is right. This could be the perfect Sunday for you to, to maybe invite someone to come and see a, a church that is seeking to in fresh ways come to life and to be useful to the Lord. And, and so think about who you could, I mean, all of us know someone, don't we, that yeah. we could invite to come. And uh, even on that Sunday, I'll step away from my Mark series for a week, just to allow the uniqueness of that morning uh, to be what God wants it to be. I can't help but think of our mission statement when I think of Restart Sunday and extending hope together, truly extending hope hmm. together. And what an opportunity that Restart is going to provide for that. And, and it will I be mean, a, a I can't day help to but remember. smile. I really can't because it's going to be a good day. Uh, tell I'm excited. Me, when is it? August the 22nd. There you go. Not the 23rd, not the 21st, the 22nd, August 22nd. It'll be great. Um, we appreciate so much you checking out our podcast today and listening uh, to us banter on about uh, this and that. Um, we're excited about Restart. We hope that you get to check that out. But we have some other things going on this upcoming week that we want you to... Now come out tomorrow. I'll be continuing my series, The Twelve. Tomorrow we're going to focus on two apostles. Uh, we're going to look at both Philip for one. and Bartholomew. And, and uh, it's been a, a blessing to my heart to reflect on really the experiences of the 12. And even if you've not been a part of an earlier uh, lesson, uh, you can join us tomorrow at 6.30 on campus or online. Our student ministry is going on tomorrow, children's ministry going yep. on tomorrow. I think our ladies' Bible study continues tomorrow. All of it. It's going to be a wonderful evening. But then on Saturday, we've got Pray and Go. Yes, and we've we talked do. about that frequently. We moved it. It was previously two Saturdays ago. We've moved it to July the 10th. Um, and you don't want to miss that. It's going to be awesome. Our goal for that is to have 40 people in the building. Just to pray and go. Yeah. And they'll, we'll provide a simple training at 10 a.m. in our gymnasium. But at about 10, 15, you'll be assigned several streets just to walk along. And you're just going to privately pray. You're not going to be praying out loud yeah. in you some dramatic fashion. You don't have to, don't to talk to anybody. No, it's you're not just a, praying it's the for simple, the people in the homes. And though you don't know their name, you can be sure they have needs. And you can ask God to be gracious and kind. And and then we are encouraging those who participate to put a door hanger on the door, which incidentally informs them somebody was praying for their neighborhood. And if they have a specific request, they can contact the church. Uh, we'll provide information for that. On the opposite side of the card, there'll be a promo for our upcoming Vacation Bible School, which is yes. a great way to reach out to our community and 
But uh, Josh is right. We need 40 really to cover the area that we're we hoping. Do. And it's a big area. It, it is. is. And it's so a lofty goal. If you're listening and you're thinking, well, I already had plans. Listen, we think we're asking roughly for you to give us about an hour and a half to extend hope. And uh, starts at 10. You should be home by noon. You're going to have a, a, a great opportunity just to extend God's love in a very simple way. Yeah. And think about it. Join us. Be one of the 40. Think about it and maybe even use this as a launching pad to really start something new in your prayer life. Yeah. Um, what an opportunity to spend an hour at least walking around and, and having a time where you and maybe a couple other people just get to talk to the Lord together. What or a, again, what a if, opportunity. if you're a mom or you're a dad and you're listening, why not model for your children? Bring your children with you yeah. and just walk the street with them. Talk about what you're trying to do. Model for them a concern for the city a concern for the community and God will work with that. God will honor that. And here's the thing. I really think God will surprise us and we won't know when it happens. But as we're praying for these households, I believe God's going to do some things in the hearts of those that are behind those doors because he wants them to recognize who he is. And so they see that information on the card and then something, something happens in their life that seems to say, where, where did that come from? I, I believe the Lord is going to br- bring them to a point of, of thinking, well, somebody prayed for me. Yeah. And it's going to move them toward the Lord. Be sure to attend that. You don't want to miss it. It'll be great. Lots of things coming up in the life of our church. Uh, we're so excited for just you getting, if you're listening, we want you to plug in in some way. We want you to serve somehow. Big things that are coming up, ways that you can serve. We've always got spots on our media team for you to serve in, um, whether that's part of our digital host team or whether that's part of our media team for either service, being a part of our worship gatherings and all the tech and media responsibilities that we have there. Um, many ways for you to serve. I know Sally needs help with VBS. She's asking for 10 more volunteers. That's uh, right. We need 10 more. We can get 10 more volunteers. We can get 10 more in a week. I know we can. 10 more volunteers to help serve with VBS. Um, Definitely want to be a part of that. Um, Am I missing anything? I feel like I'm missing something. Well, again, we we have, uh, now this is not a ministry related, but if you enjoy a good game of baseball. Hey, there uh, we go. We are actually trying to organize a group from the church to go to the ballpark on August the 2nd. Gives you a little bit of time, but. 7.05. Yeah, great way to connect with others within the church and, and I would say enjoy a good game of baseball, but I can't promise that <laughs> given the pattern. It depends on who they're playing. Yeah, yeah. But still, wouldn't it be fun just to go to the ballpark with, with some from Eat the church? Eat a hot dog. So August yeah. the 2nd, uh, we encourage you to, to think about that. Yeah, you can find that info at northfortworth.com slash rangers. You can get VBS info at northfortworth.com slash VBS. You can fill out a question uh, for our podcast, northfortworth.com slash podcast. Pretty much anything slash fill in the blank, and it's part of our website. You can find it there. Um, our women's ministry uh, cookie uh, decorating celebration on the 23rd, I believe. Friday, July 23rd. I think that's right. That sounds right. From 630 to 8:30. I just typed that up, so I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, you can find that north com slash cookies you can sign up for that don't miss it that's only for ladies um, almost sounds like we're trying to restart 
Almost. <laughs> almost. It almost appears that way. But church, we're grateful you stopped in to listen today to our podcast. We hope that this week is profitable for you. We hope to see you tomorrow night, Wednesday night, 6.30 p.m. Uh, we'll be in the worship center, children's area, student area, women's Bible study. Be all over the place. Choir, student Stewart's got choir rehearsal, 6.30. Um, lots of things happening in the life of our church. But we love you and we're praying for you. And we hope to see you again this Sunday. Have a great week. Thank you.